0: Thank you Thank you.
1: Hey church family, I'm here to show you guys today how you can share our church content on social media platforms. The first is Facebook. All you gotta do is go and find the post you'd like to share. You hit the share button, there's a little spot you can say something about the post or you can just post it and all you have to do is hit the post button. The next is Instagram, which is my personal favorite. All you have to do is go to the post and there's a little paper airplane button below and you hit add this post to your story. And the last one I have is Twitter. All you have to do is go to the tweet, hit the little arrows and press the retweet button. And it's that easy. Every time you share, it reaches a whole nother group of people that our page wouldn't reach on its own. And this is just another way you can spread the gospel at your fingertips every day.
2: Hello, family of faith Sarah Cardoni here and I'm going to tell you about an event coming up as you know there's no better time right now than to come together and pray to pray and repent repent as a nation pray for our leaders so many things we need to cover and coming together is the best way to do that so what we have going on here at the church on Saturday September 26th, we have an all-day prayer event simulcast So actually, at Washington, D.C., on Saturday the 26th, they're going to have a live event. You'll know some of the leaders' names. It'll be a day of prayer and repentance and worship all day long, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. So obviously that's not possible for everyone to come for all those hours. So we want to encourage you to head over to the Welcome Center sign up on the sheet what segment of time you would be willing to for you and your family to come in and pray with us we will have we need to have enough food and drink for you of course so figure out what works for you and your family that day anytime from 9 a.m to 9 p.m even if you can do an hour come and pray with us let's make a difference in this land
3: i want to encourage
0: you tonight god's putting your testimony back in your hand and when the devil comes and looks you in the eye and tells you this is your last month this is your last year i wish you'd unseen that testimony and say if he did this then
4: Amen. Amen. Welcome, Only Believe. We're so glad you came out tonight. Wave at somebody and say hello. I'm glad you're here. Hallelujah. Uh, it's going to be a great service with Ted Settler, with Jr. I've seen Brother Ted's uh, son minister in nations around the world here in America. Strong miracle ministry. It'd be a great time for you to bring people out. Uh, to be a part of a miracle service. Flows in the word of knowledge. Praise prophetic words over people. It's going to be a great three nights. I encourage you to come out and be a part of that. September 27th, 28th, 29th. I want to welcome everybody not only here, but also watching via live stream and social media. Thank you so much for tuning in. Tonight going to be a fantastic night. If you are here under the sound of my voice in front of me, and you haven't taken the time to fill out a guest card, we'd ask you to please do that. It'll take you about 30 seconds. Walk it out the double doors out here to our Welcome Center. It's our way of staying connected with you and letting you know what's going on at your church. We just want to say thank you for doing that. Also want to share just a few analysis with you. Um, Pastor Dosik had a minor knee procedure done uh, last week. He's doing great. Uh, many of you probably saw Pastor Nicole's uh, post via Facebook. Uh, Pastor's recovering well. Uh, He'll be back here in church very, very soon. Uh, Continue to pray for him, if you would, uh, and pray for Pastor Phyllis, because she's tending to him 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and I think he likes it that way. But pray for both of them, if you would. I say this with all sincerity. I have seen Pastor literally on planes praying the Spirit for hours for this congregation. So um, the Bible says we're supposed to pray one for another, and I'm sure he would very much appreciate your prayers for him. But he'll be back in service here very, very soon. So thank you for your prayers for him. Also want to let everybody know, just an update, um, starting this coming Sunday, we're going to have the curtains come back in the main sanctuary. However, they're going to be going up several rows higher, basically behind the last row of 10 theater seats we have up there. So that's going to be happening this coming Sunday, just so you're aware of it. And tonight is going to be a great night because we're kicking off our small groups we're so excited about that if you are part of a small group we ask you to go to the welcome center there's rooms designated just for your group it's going to be a great night so tonight is going to be a night of expectancy i believe miracles will be wrought i believe many people will be touched and bondages will be broken we have a great speaker for you so if you would without any further ado please stand your feet and let's begin to praise the lord amen
0: faithful God. Amen. We serve a God of more than enough. Amen. Come on, let's sing this out tonight in faith. I want to see the mute star talking to see the lame start walking walking through the darkest night. Shout it out because you bring the light. I want to see the closed doors open to see the left out chosen, chosen from the star Let's see.
5: hallelujah hallelujah you know tonight is a small group start and we just prayed with your small group leaders before the service started that chains would begin to fall in the lives of people that need freedom in these groups let me tell you something God's present and ever ready to move on the behalf of his sons and daughters he doesn't want you to remain bound and kept in a state that you are bound and can't find freedom in order to live the Christian life the way he wants you to live it God's presence is already here I can feel it I Randy and I were down front and I felt the Spirit of the Lord sweep in and I said he's here to do his work tonight release what God has in your heart and let the anointing break the yoke and he said destroy the yoke tonight I want it crumbled in pieces that it can't be put back together, amen? I'm telling you that we got a powerful evening for you in the main house, as well as your small groups that are beginning tonight on marriage, identity, whatever group you chose, I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed tonight. Um, For those of you that have been here for the last four Sundays, we are breaking out small groups in our church because this is one of the ways primarily we as individuals find freedom in a group of others we find support we find protection we find people that have gone through the same things that we're going through and we join forces because everyone knows that one can put a thousand to flight but two can put ten thousand to flight amen sometimes we need to reach out and grab the help of a brother or sister to help us through life situations that doesn't mean we're weak that's the body of christ in action all right so it's giving time and only believe it's not a secret here That giving is a part of our worship there's three ways you can give you can text to give you can give online if you're viewing by one of the platforms tonight or there's also your envelope in front of you and you can choose to do that too but as we give you're saying Nicole but how does it have to do with our worship because worship is devotion to something We are devoted, fully devoted to our creator, fully devoted to God. But being devoted means we follow in his way. We don't just say with words that we're devoted. Our actions show that we're devoted. So giving's a part of that. And when we follow in God's ways and we devote our finances to his work, then in return we know what the word says, that we in return will be blessed for what we do for the kingdom. I want to encourage you today, continue in your devotion to the Lord. Don't hold back earthly things. Turn those over to God and see what he's willing to do with your fully devoted and not partially. Amen? Let's do that. Let's pray over our offering tonight. Father, and our tithes. God, we just come before you, and Lord, we give tonight, Father, our tithes and our offerings. Father, maybe for some of them it's seed, but Father, we give accordingly to the word. Father, we are fully devoted to you and your ways. Father, we're devoted to your doctrine, and we read the word of God and know what it says about our giving. Father, we give to you our first fruits and our tithe tonight. And Father, we bring the rest that we've brought, God, knowing that your word will not return void. What you said it will do, it's come to perform. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Bring your tithes and offerings tonight, and then we're going to dismiss you for small groups and get right into the word in the main house. I'm asking that tonight as we dismiss, if you are a part of a small group and you've signed up, I'm asking that you all come to the center doors and exit because there is a sign which will tell you where your classroom is and where you're going to be a part of your small group tonight. So without any further ado, I know you've got a lot to say. One of my favorite pastors, I had to say that. I'm just going to let you know because I'm married to the man. Pastor Randy Waters is going to share a good word with you tonight.
3: Amen. Thank you, baby. Love you. Love you. Happy birthday. All right. Yeah, I know. Hey, y'all, if you would, you know, we got we got the small groups out there and stuff, which is great in the classrooms. If y'all want to squeeze in, you can. I'm not going to make you, but it sure is nice if y'all want to squeeze in a little bit. Hey, all we got the first... Woo! Yeah, awesome. Thank you, guys. That's nice. You can move up a little bit if you want to, which is great, so... I can look you in your eyes at times and things like that. <laughs> yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you for moving in a little bit. Come on, Aaron, move in a little bit. Man, come on. <laughs> you know, um, I don't just, and you know, and, and I, most of you know this, you, most of you know our hearts and things like that, but we don't just, and Pastor Dosak and Pastor Phil, so, we don't just come up with a message just to fill something. Right. You know, I, I pray. Sometimes God gives it to me, which thank God, everyone that I've taught, He's thrown it in my spirit to teach on and preach on. And a lot of times it's right when we need it, which is awesome. Because that's just how God is. And tonight's message is no different. And um, when He told me to talk on and deal with the past, I was like, wow, there's so much to the past. And I thought, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a shot, Lord. You know, I've never ever talked on the past, I've never dealt with the past. Um, I don't have a past like some people have. I've never drank, dipped, smoked, or chewed. I've never ran ran around with people that did. And that's no kidding, man. I've not never touched a beer. I've never touched a cigarette. Well, okay, when I was a little kid, I tried it once. I've never touched any type of drugs, you know, whether it be hash, marijuana, whatever. I've never done any of that stuff, ever. Never ran around with people that did. So I don't have a, a past like some people have. But what we all have in common... Is we all have a past in common, we all have present, and we all have a future. Amen. Amen. That's what we all have in common here tonight. And a lot of us, though, are haunted by our past, tortured by the present living conditions that we're in, and even have a lot of fear about the future. And those are some things that I just don't understand. And so when I was reading the Bible and the scripture verses, I'm like, wow, God, you know, show me some of this stuff. you got to take me the direction you want to take me in to help free some people that really need freed from this stuff. You know, I mean, this is real life, real life. People go through crazy things, and, I, and, I, and this ain't even in my notes, but I heard a story of a, of a 15-year-old girl and she was at a park bench filling out her um, driver's education form. When a man grabbed her, put a rope around her neck, took her into the woods and raped her. And then left her there for naked. to Naked and all that stuff. And this 15-year-old boy went to her school and everybody, of course, knew the story. And he was a Christian. And he said, because as 15 he'd grown up in a kind of a bad home already and he has already at 15 had to forgive his father for some things and so he said I'm going to be a man of God I'm going to do what Jesus wants me to do and I'm going to go tell that girl that she's going to have to forgive that guy or her life is going to be ruined and so he said man I, I knew I had God all over me <laughs> I'm going to go talk to her and it's going to be awesome and he went to her talked to her and said you know, sorry, I'm sure he talked about it, he didn't say it, sorry, you're going to have to forgive him or your life is ruined. And she looked at him and said, you're nuts! (laughs) It was completely opposite of what he thought was going to happen. But, she didn't smack him, she didn't do anything, and she continued to talk to him, and she worked at a restaurant, and so he continued to go there to just talk to her and befriend her, and they became friends. Well, friendship got a little heavy, became engaged, and they got married. He became a pastor of a church, which was phenomenal. And through the years, one day, she prayed, and she forgave that guy, forgave that guy. 30 years now, they've been married. 30 years later, she goes up to him, her husband, and says, you know what? You ought to find out if he's still alive, and you ought to witness to him. (laughs) And he said, what? Are you crazy? (laughs) You know, because he said, it changed. Now she's my wife. Now she offended me. Now she hurt me as well. I hope he rots in H-E double toothpicks. And that's what she said she told. But she said, you ought to go find him, see if he's alive, and go witness to this guy. Now, he had also raped six other women and did the same thing to them. And so he didn't want to do it, but finally, make a long story short, he did go. He went with a buddy. He found out he was still alive. He was still in prison. The guy's in prison for life, of course. And the guy agreed to meet with them. And here's what sometimes we do not see. When that guy sat down and looked that pastor in the eyes, that man started to cry and said that he was molested by his mother at a very, very young age. And then when he got older, he had a girlfriend that he really, really loved. And when it came prom night, he said instead of going out with her, him, she dumped him and went out with somebody else. And he said, I bega- became enraged. He said, it was, it, was, it was something I'd never felt before. And he said, from that day on, I hated women. I hated them. And so therefore, he did what he did. And he said, I wanted to kill all seven women. I wanted to kill them. He said, but I didn't. And he said, I'm so thankful that I didn't kill them. So sometimes we don't understand what has happened in the past to somebody. Not saying any of that was obviously, you know, right. But we always have to look at the person and find out there's always a story behind something. You know what I'm saying? Amen. But all of us have a past. And it's our past that has a powerful influence on the present life that we live and our future. And if you don't deal with the past, how in the world can you, can you have a satisfactory life now and expect a great life tomorrow if you don't live or if you don't work on and deal with the past? And I got a revelation for y'all. We all have a past. We all got one. I don't care how... Minor, bad it is, but we all have a past. And here's another revelation, it's Romans three twenty three. We all have sinned and come short, fallen short of the glory of God. We all have. And if you haven't, then you're Jesus, and man, I want to see you. <laughs> we all have. We all have a past. We've all failed. Jesus said so, Romans three twenty three. We all have things that we wish we would never have done. We all have decisions that we wish we would have never made. I've made some bad decisions. I have. Very bad decisions. We all have done really stupid things, poor decisions, bad choices, memories we wish that we could like just erase. We all have those. And on the outside, we look real good to people. There's so many people that They look great, they look put together, they look like John Kessler, you know, I mean just always got his hair combed, looks real nice, shirts unwrinkled, I mean just looks fantastic on the outside, but, well and it's like this, okay, it's it's like the show, uh, what is it, Uh, Chip and Joanna Gaines, Fixer Upper, you guys ever watch that show? All right, you watch that show and remember they're on each side of of the, the big house that was really bad, that was horrible, that needed so much work. And then all of a sudden they say, are you ready to see your fixer-upper? And then they pulled apart, and wow, that house that looks so bad is unbelievable, the transformation that has happened to that house. It's amazing, it's awesome. And we look like that on the outside, we really do. But in real life circumstances, when it comes to your life and my life, it's most of the time the opposite. People don't see the nasty part of the person up front. No, we, we show the good stuff, the good life. But really, it's if when we pull that facade back, we see the house that hasn't been renovated, the house that hasn't been touched. It might look like hoarder's. And I know you all seen that show, Hoarders. That's unbelievable. I mean, you open up that house and, wow, there's a lot of stuff in that house that whew, you haven't dealt with. It's nasty. It's disgusting. And it could be some things, some minor things that's in the past that you haven't dealt with. Or it could look like those houses. Woo! Wow! And I was in those houses before Hoarders ever came on the program. I could have been a millionaire. I was in over 5,000 houses in four years, evicting people from their homes, you know, for not all kinds of stuff. I've seen that stuff before the show ever came to pass. I wish I'd have done what they did, but I didn't. But here's the thing. When those people, and you guys have seen the show, and when the psychiatrist comes out and starts to interview the person that's the hoarder, you find out some stuff about those people. You find out that they weren't always like that that they had a normal life, that they lived a good normal life, but something in their past, something in their life triggered that behavior. It might have been a miscarriage. It might have been a loss of a child. Uh, it, it could have been a divorce. You know, Their mother and father died, and it was their best friend, and they didn't know how to live and move on from that day. And it triggered that kind of behavior. And they never dealt with it. They never wanted to deal with it. They maybe didn't know how to deal with it. Nicole and the, and the youth group went to California about three years ago. I think three years ago. Something like that. I don't know if any of you youth are back there. Did any of you youth go to California with, with uh, the, the kids? No? No? Okay. They went to California and they went down, I think it was something Boulevard or, or whatever, it was the very popular street. And they were surprised to see all kinds of people living on the street. So living in tents, um, makeshift huts. It was nasty. Trash was blowing everywhere. Um, There were people that stunk. They looked bad, like they haven't taken showers for a long, long time. And when the youth group went out there to try to witness to those people, give them food, give them money, they really weren't interested in the food and they weren't interested in the money. What? They're living on the street. And they even said that they saw money blowing down the street. Now I'd have picked it up. If they didn't want it, i was gonna take it. But they saw money blowing down the street. And so they really started to dig in and Nicole said she's starting to talk to some people And those people didn't have to be there. They chose to go there. They chose to live on that street, live in those huts, live in horrific situations and in danger. Why? Because of something that has happened in their past. And they didn't want to deal with it or they didn't know how to deal with it. And so instead of dealing with it, they ran from it. And lived on the street. Wow. And the Miracle Center is in Hollywood, California, and I've been there. And Matt is phenomenal, and his dad is amazing. And they go and they rescue these type of people all the time. Their main guitarist, when I was out there, that guy was phenomenal. He played with the guitar behind his back. He was amazing. And they found him under a bridge with no money know anything, know life, because of something that he had in his past, he didn't want to deal with it. He got brought into the Miracle Center, got counseling, got saved, and I think he played for, I don't know, Led Zeppelin or Def Leppard or something like that. I mean, this guy was something else. And they they rescue people like that all the time. It's phenomenal to see it. And those people that have been not cured, but they've gone through the process of healing and they love God they're the ones that are greeting you as you come in the miracle center every night for church and man they're shouting they're screaming, they're giving you high fives and man it's awesome it's amazing but they finally faced what they couldn't face before, amen hallelujah so on the outside we look good but buddy if we opened ourselves up It's another story. Many people don't have an answer for what has happened to them, so what do they do? They take the easy way out out, and they just blame God. And that's why a quarter, if not half, of these pews are empty today. It's because they blame God for something. They said, I prayed for this, and I'm sure a lot of you who witness to people, you hear it all the time. You know? God didn't do this for me. Okay, and sometimes it's hard because you don't have the answer either. And so they blame God, and that gives them a little bit of satisfaction to blame somebody so they can at least live from day to day. Yeah. Yeah. So they blame God. Oh boy, hallelujah. Man, it sounds horrible, doesn't it? <laughs> hallelujah, but it's okay. We're gonna get it's gonna get good. Now When we open our house up, because, again, on the outside, a lot of us look like this, okay, really pretty. We look like we're all put together. But if we open our house up, hmm, we would find a lot of trash in our house, kind of like that hoarder's video. A lot of things we don't want people to see. That's why we stay all closed up. But amongst the trash, which, yeah, some of it's just trash. Yeah, you know, they just didn't feel like cleaning things up. There's probably some specific things in your life that really you're hiding more than other things. Like, for instance, maybe if we opened up your, your life, we would find pictures, all right, photos and memories Of maybe family members who have done you wrong. Maybe even family members who've molested you. Treated you completely different than the other siblings. Maybe they beat you. But those memories are in, inside. And you don't want to deal with them. Pictures of old boyfriends or girlfriends. Ex-wives or ex-husbands that... Maybe have cheated on you or you cheated on them. Pictures of people who've betrayed you, not kept their promises, which cost you maybe lots of money, lots of business. Maybe you've lost a business because of it. A partner lied on you and you have the picture of him in your mind or her. Pictures of people maybe that owe you money. Those kind of people you keep to the front of your memory. That sucker owes me something. You know? So those are in there, and you just don't deal with them. Maybe when we look deep inside, we might find a knife. And what does this knife represent that you're hiding on the inside? People that have stabbed you in the back maybe over and over and over again, or maybe just once. People who've lied, lied to you, deceived you, let you down, offended you. Maybe you loved somebody so deeply and you gave everything to them but they didn't love you back like you loved them, or they didn't love you at all. Wow, what a jab. What a stab. That hurts. And the cuts go super deep. And so now you're not going to trust anybody ever again. I'm never going to give my heart out like I did because it's never going to get hurt like that. Maybe that's inside. And you need to deal with that. And so, therefore, when you have that, when you continue to look deep inside you, you might find, obviously, some some bandages, some band-aids. Why? Because the wounds are so deep, you're trying to hide them. You're trying to cover them up. i got to do something about it because the people that hurt you. You might have cuts and scars and wounds that are so deep that you... Don't talk about them, can't talk about them, won't talk about them. And maybe you have some things that nobody even knows about that you're continuing to try to cover up. It's on the inside. What else we got in here if we're looking real deep inside? Oh, yeah, this is one that's kind of crazy. Hmm. What about this? What about the memories that you have? CDs or tapes, because you play a certain memory over and over and over and over and over. And, you know, maybe it's recent, and I couldn't even find a tape. Can you believe that? I don't know where they are. Maybe it's a little older to where it's it's a tape, or maybe it's even an 8-track. You know, it's it's just... That old, and you've not dealt with it, but yet you play them over and over and over again. When you go to bed, when you close your eyes, that memory just keeps coming back, coming back. You think on it. You dwell on it. In your relationships, that's all you talk about. Over and over again, and and your friends are like, oh boy, here we go. Here she goes again. Here he goes again, talking about the past. It's in there. And we got to deal with it. And here's the thing. Those types of memories will keep you bound unless you deal with them. And I think some of you know that. Most of you know that. There are 25 million people who are on antidepressants right now and have been for the last two years. 25 million people. There have been 60% increase since 2010 for antidepressant use. In 2008, 36 million antidepressants were given out, but in 2018, almost 80 million have been distributed. Wow. Wow. And kids, I was shocked, age 12 through 18 are using antidepressants and the percentage has went up 400%. What do antidepressants do? They cover up. All they do is cover up. They don't want to deal with it. They can't deal with their past, so they just cover it up, cover it up. Now, if you're taking, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. And if you're not taking notes, I want you to write this down. Okay. If you don't let your past die, it will not let you live. That's important. You really need to write that down in front of your Bible or something like that. If you don't let your past die, it will never, ever let you live. And the children of Israel are the prime example of that. Listen, they were slaves for over 400 years. 400 years. Why were they slaves for over 400 years? Because of their past. Wow. That's shocking to me. Four hundred years in bondage because of their fa- their past, but in Exodus third chapter, if you're if you got your Bibles, in verse nine and ten, it says, "Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians have oppressed them." Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of bondage. Now, why did it take over 400 years for the children of Israel to be in bondage and captivity? Why? It's a simple answer. Because they never asked before. That's why. They never asked God to free them before. It finally got so bad that they cried out to God. And then God heard and saw and began the delivery process for them. (laughs) The longer they were in bondage, the heavier the burden became. I can prove that by reading scripture, but for time I won't. But you can read it. The longer they were in bondage, the heavier it became. It got worse and worse and worse for them. They finally cried out to God, and God heard them. And in Psalms thirty-four seventeen, the Bible says that the righteous cries out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of some of their trouble. Out of what? All their trial, trouble. So how many of you are righteous in here? Well, listen, when you cry out to the Lord, he only hears you half the time. He only hears you when you're perfect, when you've cleaned out your house. No, he'll hear and he will deliver out of all your troubles. The children of Israel had had enough and they cried out and God heard them. Too bad they didn't get the revelation sooner. <laughs> generation after generation, in bondage, living in the past. So, in that, the children of Israel are now in the process of becoming free. And when you read on into Exodus 3rd chapter, Exodus the 4th chapter, God starts to do miracle after miracle for the children of Israel. But there's one thing that you don't hear the children of Israel doing with every miracle. When the plagues came on, And Pharaoh started to get angry. The children of Israel started seeing God move on their behalf. The thing that you don't read and I can't find anywhere is any claps from the children of Israel. Any shouts from the children of Israel. No praise from the children of Israel. But why? God's starting to work on their behalf. He heard their cry, but you don't hear anything from them. That's a little strange, isn't it? Every miracle God did, didn't change how the Israelites felt. Well, why is that? Here's why. Because they were still miserable and they were still slaves. Yeah. Exodus, the 14th chapter. And verse 13. All right, here we go. It says, And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, Woo! Man, this would make me shout. You shall see again no more forever. Now, I don't know about you, but when Moses told me that and I'm standing there, I'd be shouting. I'd be going, go, Moses! Woo! I'd be shouting. I I would be. I'd I'd probably get kicked out of the camp. I don't know. But I mean, 400 years, come on. That's all I knew was slavery. That's all I knew was the past. And now we're getting free. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. But then let's read on into verse 23. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night and made the sea into dry land and the waters were divided. So the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, another amazing miracle, and the waters were all a wall to them on their right hand and on their left hand. Again, they're seeing God moving on their behalf. The all in that had to be amazing. And one of the things that I read was the waters, some of the depths of that is, unbelievable, 1,900 feet deep, 15,000 feet deep in areas. We're not sure, obviously, how deep this was, but they believe that where they crossed over was 25 miles wide. 25 miles wide with 3,000 people. That took some time, right? That's why when you read on here, you'll find out that it started at night and ended in the morning. It took a long time for 3,000 people to get across <laughs> that, that Red Sea. Now let's read on into now, verse 23. And the Egyptians pursued and went after them into the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and the horsemen. And that was 600 of the best chariots And even more went after the children of Israel. So here's an uh uh-oh. Because now they want to be delivered from the past, but now the past is following them and trying to go after them to bring them back. Wow, how many times has that happened to you? I want to be free. But then that foul devil brings that thought back. Brings that wound back. And then a fence just starts to burn in your heart once more. And you can't get free. Am I? Can I hear an amen? Uh, okay, all right, all right. Hallelujah. <laughs> the past says, go ahead, try to get free. I'm coming to get you. I'm right behind you. Try to ignore me. Go ahead, try to change your life. Yeah, start going to only believe. We'll see what happens. I'm right there. I ain't going nowhere. You're coming back. That's what the past says. And tried to do it right there to the children of Israel. And again, I still heard no praise from the children of Israel. Nothing. Even when their baby boys were saved because of the Passover and the blood on the doors. You heard nothing from the children of Israel because they're still bound. They're still living in Egypt. They're still in their past. You don't hear it. But here comes the shouting part. Hallelujah. (laughs) Exodus 14, 27 and 28. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and when the morning appeared, the sea returned to its full depth while the Egyptians were fleeing into it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Then the waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, and all the army of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them, and not so much as one of them remained. Woo! Wow! Now! Now in the next chapter... Fifteen, verse 1, when the children of Israel looked behind them and saw that their past was gone, that their past was buried when their past had drowned, now they started singing unto the Lord. Woo-hoo! Miriam got the tambourines and got the women and they started to have a dance party all night long because the past was gone. Forever. That's when they started shouting. That's when they started praising God. That's when they said, I have been delivered. And I'll never go back to bondage and slavery again. Woo-hoo! Hallelujah! Amen! Amen. Come on, somebody! Wow, that's crazy stuff. (laughs) And here's something that's really crazy. When I was reading... Even God took the chariot wheels off the back of them chariots while they were going through there to slow them down. I think that Goodyear got sued for that. I'm pretty sure, man. Bad. Best one tire was in big trouble after that happened. And what astonishes me is this, is God didn't burn the chariots up. He could have. They're made of wood. He could have burnt the fire out of them things, burnt them all up, disintegrated them instantly. But he didn't do it. He could have ran the horses off a mountain cliff. I mean, it happened to some pigs in the New Testament. But he didn't do it. No, he didn't do it. What did he do? Man, this is so good, guys. He covered their past up with water. He flooded their past. And here's why. Water in the Bible represents the Word of God. It's found in Ephesians, the fifth chapter, verses 27 and 28. It represents the Word of God. So when your past comes after you, uh, somebody's getting it back there in the back. When your past comes after you, cover it with the Word of God. Bury it in the Word of God. Come on. Hallelujah. Amen? You will have the victory. Don't try to separate your past. I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to move somewhere else. I'm going to I'm going to get a new identity. It will not work. Separation is not overcoming your past and it doesn't give you victory. It won't. And you won't get victory by living with your past either and that's what most of us do our whole lives. Our whole lives. And I guess my question to you is, how long do you want to live with that past? Children of Israel lived with it for 400 years. And I hate to tell you this, but you're not going to make it to 400 years. (laughs) You know, not going to happen. You know, when do you want to be free? When are you going to cry out to the Lord? How long do you want to live with this burden? Siding with your past will not bring you victory. Making excuses for your past will not give you victory. Flood your past with the word of God. Now turn your Bible to 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Man, I hope some of you are getting this tonight. Because, I mean, I was shouting when I was reading some of this. Especially when I heard, man, the Lord flooded. Wow. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians five seventeen says, I am a new creation, and that means the old has gone. Egypt is gone. My past is dead. It's drowned. It's washed away. It's buried in the depths of the sea. And behold, all things have become new. All things, all things, all things have become new. Don't let the devil lie to you. All things have become new. It became new to the children of Israel. Hmm. God wants to do a new thing in your life, but he is waiting for you to cry out. And in Psalms 139.14, the Bible says that I, you, me, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Well, I don't feel like it. Well, sometimes I don't either. I'm losing my hair. And according to tradition, it ain't supposed to be because I'm supposed to have the mother's side of the hair and my mom had a full head of hair and my grandpa on my mom's side had a full head of hair. But for some reason, it's not working. (laughs) So sometimes I don't feel wonderfully made. (laughs) Some of you tonight don't think that you have value because of what you have done to somebody else or what they have done to you you feel your house is full of junk on the inside and i and you don't know how to get rid of it i don't know if i'm worthy because of all this stuff that's on the inside but here's something i want you to think about and i'm sure you'll agree with me on this the value of something is determined by the price someone is willing to pay for it. Yes or no? You get that. The value of something is worth what somebody is willing to pay for it. We see it in sports all day long. Man, those guys make millions and tens of millions of dollars. Why? Because somebody sees value in that person. Romans 5.8 says this. Even in our mess. Well, let's read it first here. Hold on. Romans 5.8. Let me get there. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and Romans. Okay. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Wow. He said that even with this on the inside, with all of this, he still said we had value. He still loves us. He still cares for us. And he sent his only son to die for us while we had all this inside while we were cussing, while we were drinking, while we were fornicating, while we didn't even know God, didn't even recognize God, cursed God, blasphemed God. He still died for you and I, and Jesus willingly went to the cross for you and I. It was difficult, but He did it because He loves you and He values you, and the value that He placed on you cost Him His Son. I think that he values you very, very much. And then write this down too, even if you're not taking notes. The value of your life is not determined by the mess you made, but by the price Jesus paid. That's shouting right there. It's not determined by the mess you made. We're always going to be messes. We're always going to be letting people down. But thank God that as Christians we try every day to do it better and better and live a better life and love Him. Remember, this is just a hospital. And everybody in here is trying to live for God, trying to do the best that they can. Yes, unfortunately, I know, I've talked to lots of you, there are some self-righteous people, even in the church, who are always carrying the sticks. It's just the way it is. You just have to love those people even though, well, bless their heart. That's all I'm going to say. Amen? Amen? All right. Last thing, I'm closing with this. And hopefully this will help you as well. It relates to our kids. You know, Quentin, if I heard Quentin, my 15-year-old, I'm in the house. If I heard him outside in the driveway screaming and yelling for me, "Dad, help, help, help!" and I start running out of that house. And as I'm running out of the house, I look over and I look in his bedroom, and that bed is a, and that bedroom is a pigsty. And I'm like, he was supposed to clean that up, you sorry little sucker. And then, as I'm going out the door, I trip over the potty pad and slide into the poop that he's supposed to pick up every morning and every night because of that goofy little dog, Ginger, that we have. And I go, what is this? And I stop and I go, that boy don't deserve to be helped as a bully is out there punching him in the face. That boy should have cleaned his room. That boy should have picked this up. He should have done his chores. He should have done what I told him to do. He deserves to get beat up. I'm going to just sit here and watch. Is that what you would do? Listen, you wouldn't care what your kids did. You would go out there and you would defend your son, your daughter. You would do what it takes to protect them. It wouldn't matter what mess they made, what circumstances they're in. They obviously don't deserve half the stuff they get, but it has nothing to do with deserving anything. They're our kids, and we will fight for them, go to jail for them, and even die if we have to for them. And if you would do that for your child, what do you think God would do for you? who loves you even more than your own kids. You have value. You're loved and you're cherished no matter what you think. God sees you like this and you need to start seeing you like this. Start cleaning this mess out. Flood it. He'll help you. I talked to a man yesterday. He he messaged me. I listened to his story and I almost cried with what he told me. His mom hated him and beat him and treated him horrible as a child. And he said, I can't forgive her for it. And he is a grown man in his 60s. And this happened to him when he was a child. And that helped me with this. And Matthew, the last scripture verse, Matthew 11th chapter, verse 28. Pastor Andy, I can't do this on my own. You don't have to. Jesus says in red, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, And you will find rest for your soul. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. you got to give it to Him. By faith, just let it go and give it to Him. I thought about a story as I was coming in today. I wrote it in pencil real fast because it just hit my heart. King David was a mess. Even though he He had a heart that God loved. He was a mess. And we all know what he did with Bathsheba. He Committed adultery. He had her husband killed. And you know, for a year, and got her pregnant. And for a year, he didn't think anything about it. Wow. Didn't think nothing about it. It took Nathanael, a prophet, to come in there and say, Yo, David, you messed up, boy. You messed up bad. And then it clicked. Oh, my gosh. What have I done? And God spoke and said, Listen, that child that you now have that's alive with you and Bathsheba, because he married Bathsheba, he's going to die. And what did David do? Even though God told him that that child was going to die, he went away by himself, ripped his clothes, wouldn't eat, wouldn't drink, laid on the ground, prayed, fasted, wouldn't touch nothing. Seven days later, the child dies. They come in and say, David, he's dead. What does David do? He mourns heavily. Why me, <laughs> God? Why take my life now? Is that what he did? No. He, maybe I was reading a different Bible. Uh, maybe I was reading, I don't know, but that's not what he did? Yeah. You're right. He didn't live and squander in the past and his mistakes. That boy got up immediately, went in, took a shower, shaved, put some cologne on, told all his servants, yo, steak, baked potato, medium well, Caesar salad, light on the ranch. They brought it to him. He ate. He went over to that Bathsheba. What's up, mama? Come on, we going on a honeymoon. They went on a honeymoon, got pregnant the right way this time, and had one of the greatest men known to man, Solomon the smartest man ever to live on this earth and there'll never be another smarter and the richest man that ever lived on the earth and will never be another one any richer than him. And those people said, what? What are you doing? You fasted, you prayed, you didn't eat, but now that he's dead, you're just going to go up and live your life like nothing happened? He said, you know what? I did not know whether God would be merciful to me or not. It's over. I can't do anything about it. I will not see him here, but I will go to him. He never let anything get in here. What was he supposed to do about it? So he messed up. Yeah, it cost him a lot of things in his life afterwards, but he didn't dwell on the past. He didn't let it bog him down. He got up, raised himself up, and did what he needed to do. And that's why I'm telling you today, give all this junk that's inside of you. Give it to the Lord once and for all. Write all the stuff down, if this will help, on a piece of paper, everything. Don't forget nothing. Write it all down by yourself. Maybe put some music on. Cry, weep, moan, if you have to... Hit a pillow, scream in a pillow, whatever it is. Give it all to God. Talk to Him about it. Write it all down. And then after you're done, drown it in the Word of God. Drown it. Be free from the past and don't just stop at freedom. The children of Israel, when they got free after the party was over, God had something new for them like he has a new thing for you and I. He had the promised land for them. And he has something new for you and I as well. Be free. Move forward. Rejoice. And if you have to do it by faith, do it by faith. But just do it. Amen? Now, if you need prayer, if you say, you know what, man, that was so good, God. I feel it. I'm holding on to it. My house looks like that on the inside, and you want free? You can be free right now. You can be free right here. As Pastor Nicole said, the anointing came in this room. I felt it as well. I believe that chains cannot just be broken, obviously, but be destroyed. Things that are broke can be put back together, can be mended. But Jesus said, put on my yoke. You know, your yoke is heavy. Your yoke takes you where it wants to go. The devil's just taking you like this. That's what a yoke does. It's heavy. It's a burden. Let go of your yoke and let God destroy it and put on his. His is light. His is light. If you want free tonight, stand up and come on up here. And we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray. Chains are going to be broken. God's going to set you free. I don't care what it is. It doesn't matter. But if you need freedom, come on up here right now and we're going to pray. And if you don't need it, fine. It's all good. Anybody need free? Anybody need prayer for anything in their past that just keeps on coming up? You're reliving it over and over and over. Listen, we're family here, guys. Nobody's judging nobody. We're all human. We all made mistakes. Anybody else? Everybody just stand up. Come on. Hallelujah. Those of you that are that don't have to deal with your past, I want you to pray. Pray with us. All right. Hallelujah. Intercede with us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Father. Oh, God. In the name of Jesus. Kinda Roma, Korota, Homahita, Arionda Rabba Casita, Torro. Shumi Andi Atikiato Roma Maliata, Lendi roho Rabba Casita, Koroma Casita Rababasita Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for freedom. Freedom, Father, from the past right now. And God, it starts right here in the mind. In the name of Jesus, God, I command this mind to be loose, to be set free right now in Jesus' name. Devil, let him go. Hallelujah. God, I thank you for freedom, Father, in his mind right now. And God, let it just transfer all the way down, God, into his heart, Lord God, into his spirit. In Jesus' name, God, hallelujah. Cover him like a blanket, Lord God, right now in the name of Jesus' God, erase the thoughts. Erase the past, God. We cover them right now by your word in the name of Jesus. He is a new creature. All things are passed away, God. We drown the past right now with your word. That is life. That is Zoe in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for it. And God, I give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus. God, she's crying out to you in Psalms right now. And God, I thank you for hearing her, God. She's taking a step of faith. And God, from this day forward, she is going to do like the children of Israel. She is going to stand still and see what you are going to do for her. God, I thank you for freedom, Father, from the past, freedom from these thoughts. In Jesus' mighty name, God. Hallelujah. She is set free from this day forward. And I give you praise for it right now. Father, I thank you for my sister. God, I thank you she's taking a step of faith tonight. Lord God, she wants to be free from the past. God, I thank you that you're cleaning her out even right now in Jesus' name. God, all memory, Father, is being erased right now in Jesus' name. There is an eraser right now on her mind erasing those thoughts, erasing the memories of the past right now in Jesus' name. God, I thank you for it, God. It's not just white out, Lord God, but it is completely disappearing in Jesus' name. I see it Right now, God, I thank you, Father, that she is set free, that she is delivered, God, and she will not fight her past any longer from this night forward. I thank you, Holy Ghost, and I give you praise. Woo! Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What you got, sweetie?
0: Jesus, you change it.
3: let's pray and, and wrap up tonight. God, I thank you for every person here tonight, God. I thank you that in some way, some form, some shape, that God, you touched their life, you've touched their mind, you've given something to think about, Lord God. I thank you that they'll go home and they will drown their past in your word. I thank you that even tonight, right now, they are free in Jesus' mighty name. You're no respecter of persons. God, as they shout to you, as they give it to you, as they finally just let go, they are free in Jesus' name. God, I thank you that they will have a new step as they walk. God, I thank you that they will leave here, wake up tomorrow morning, God, and something will have changed in their life. God, they'll begin to thank you. They'll begin to praise you. They'll finally see the sun that they haven't seen for years and months, God, because their past is gone. You've given them the revelation. They have let it go. We thank you for that, God. We give you praise for it tonight. God, I thank you as they leave, they're protected. God, bless every single family tonight. Everything they touch will prosper. God, I thank you for their kids This virus will not touch them at school. They are covered by the blood. We're covered at work. We are covered at home. In the name of Jesus, I thank you for it. It will pass over us. In Jesus' name, I thank you for it. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Good night. God bless you. We'll see you Sunday morning. Hallelujah.